following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Uh, hold on one second here. The Jackal. Welcome, everybody, to Inside the Jackal's Head, right here live on PSN Radio. Live as always. That's right, we're in Bevo, and this is January 19th, 2020, and it's 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, again, thank you all for joining us. With me, as usual, is my uh, new sidekick co-host, voice from Inside the Jackal's Head, the one and only, that's right, Brandon is on the line, Brother Detox. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. A pleasure, like always. Uh, you're a man of many, many words. A lot of vocabulary there, indeed. So what are you up to tonight, uh, my good sir? Hey, not much, man. I'm uh, enjoying some time off from uh, from work for the next few days. Decided to celebrate this Martin Luther King holiday with a couple extra days off and just at home relaxing, man. Ah, that's always good to hear. Uh, you had you had a good nap tonight. Well, you better believe it. Had a little uh, <laughs> had a little whiskey on top of it. I'm all right tonight. Oh, very good, very good. We have a lot to go over. I got some uh, very interesting articles to uh, read, and we're gonna do a little back and forth bantering about some of this stuff because there's uh, some funny uh, uh, news that came out this week, which validates a phone call I had about two years ago on an old job that I had. And I'm not even kidding. In fact, I posted this on my Facebook page. If you guys want to check out the timeline, it's right there at uh, facebook.com forward slash real angel espino, all one word. Um, the posting is about what happened in Puerto Rico during Hurricane Maria. And uh, the phone call was kind of an ironic phone call considering the post just came out this week. We're going to talk about that. Also, uh Really interesting backlash against one of Hollywood's elites this week. Director uh, Ron Howard, who you know is beloved in this country, uh, took a beating for uh, doing some anti-Trump tweeting. That's right. He uh, tweeted some uh, negative stuff. You know, he's had a, a rough go at it, uh, Brandon, since uh, Solo wasn't exactly the mega blockbuster he was expecting. When he took that job, in fact, it's the lowest box office uh, numbers when it comes to, like, uh, a Star Wars film. Like, this is, like, the worst return on investment, the worst box office uh, run. This is, like, the biggest failure and flop in the history of, of the Star Wars universe. And he took over directing from um, Lord Miller, and it didn't go well. Uh, it flopped. Really hard, like I said, the biggest flop in the history of Star Wars. And the fans have kind of let him have it because he directed a mess of a movie. And uh, he hasn't really done anything fruitful in decades. So what do, you know, what do you do in Hollywood now when you're a failure at your craft for decades and your latest big blockbuster is a flop? Uh, you know, studios don't want to work with you. What what's the instant gratification now in Hollywood? Take a shot at the president. It's easy, right? That's the easiest thing, you know. He's orange men bad. 
So let's take a shot at, at the president. And he did that, and it didn't go well. We're going to read a little bit about that and who exactly came out. And uh, this is a, a former person uh, or a person who formerly worked with him in the movie. And uh, let's just say that she was not very appreciative of what Mr. Howard had to say. We're going to, like I said, discuss that in a little bit. Uh, interesting uh, how uh, even Hollywood is eating itself by this very simple mistake. They think going at the president's now a sure thing. Re- remember, there's two sides to every argument. You're going to have pro-Trump and a negative Trump even in Hollywood. And I'm just happy to see, you know, people that are coming forward and saying, hey, enough is enough. You know, you, not everybody has to take a shot at the guy just because you want to get your name back on the ball or you need an extra 15 minutes of fame or, you know, something's going on in your life that you need exposure. And uh, I love the fact that somebody posted that. Also, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. How do you pronounce that, Brandy? Do you know how to pronounce that? Would a judge? Right? It's something like booty guy? Booty, boot, a judge. Right? Something along those lines. Buddha judge. Doesn't really matter. It's not like the guy's got a chance to win anyway. Mayor Pete couldn't take care of his own. Uh, as mayor, like, you couldn't even do that correctly, and you're gonna run the country? Well, good luck with that. I think somebody, uh, mentioned this about Hillary. Uh, she couldn't take care of her own man, and she wants us to believe that she can run the country? Well, it, it kinda like, you know, Brandon, you know, ironically enough, the, him and Hillary have that in common too, but I was, uh, trying to equate the whole, uh, take care of your man as take care of your city when you're mayor, uh, but not to come think of it, kind of like, well, you know, he has a man, you know, the, that's the big elephant in the room, and uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think that, that we're ready for a president who has a man, and is a man, and uh, likes a man, sleeps with a man? You know, I, I'll be honest, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> he's a manly man. He's a, he's a manly man, baby, that's... He, He's a man's man's man, man man. Like the the uh, the two men, half men and a man, or whatever. With Charlie Sheen, that song, man 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 man. That goes perfect with his campaign. He should just like use that for his campaign. What do you think? I think so. He's he's the yes man. Definitely. Well, I, I mean, if, when you look at the, the, I mean, I know you uh, vote Democrat, correct? That's what I love about uh, the dynamic here. You're, you're Democrat. Am I correct on saying that, or you're independent? What's your uh, political? I'm independent. Independent? Okay. Um, in the past, have you voted presidentially? Because I've never really asked you that. Yeah, I have uh, voted, uh, I think, my first time was when uh, Bush Jr. came on board uh, during that Ooh. time. Condolences on that. Yeah, that wasn't... Yeah, that wasn't a time to live right there. <laughs> no. <laughs> that if you're in New York. Ooh. Too soon? Oh, man. No. Uh, I voted for Bush the first time, but not the second time. And then... Uh, Good move. Uh, Good move. Um, Obama, I voted for him uh, the second time, but not the first time. 
And then this time around, I had to say I did a write-in candidate for president. There was nobody in 16 I even remotely cared for. (laughs) (laughs) What? Orange man didn't convince you? Like, you you didn't get you on board? I mean, he said, come on, what the hell do you have to lose? That's a selling strategy, if you ask me. Like, I was on board. I was like, yeah, what the hell do we got to lose? Really? Vamos a votar. And, you know, a lot of Latinos here in Florida, when are they, they voted? Ironically enough, you know, and they thought Florida was going to go Democrat. Um, Latinos showed up and they voted heavily Republican in 2016. I mean, Trump proved one point. Not even Latinos liked Hillary. Like, think about that. She didn't Nobody really proactively Latino. reach out to the Latino crowd, if I remember correctly. Um, she didn't do anything to sway Latino voters during her entire campaign. Uh, living in Florida, you know that just as much as I do living here. And um, she miserably failed reaching out to the minority group. She was trying to push her uh, agenda for women, but other than that, she didn't. She didn't make any. I, we know all politicians lie, but she didn't even sit anything on the table for Latino voters. She didn't time. try. That, that's she didn't the, try. The, yeah, that's the crazy part. She didn't even try. You know what it is? At least she ran in 2016 thinking um, that she was going to get the, the vote automatically because Obama won Florida so easily. And um, she forgot to uh, remember that uh, well, she's not exactly you know, a charming person like Obama was. I mean, Obama was able to kind of like cross over to like, you know, every demographic in, in, in its own way because of like his nature of speaking. You know, the, the devil always speaks well. That's the, the, the old saying, right? The, the, usually the, the biggest bad guy knows how to speak really well. This is like one of the few times that the biggest bad woman like, didn't know how to speak to a certain community, and she completely missed out minority votes here in Florida because she didn't try. She didn't know. She didn't find that angle, and that's what separates good candidates from bad candidates. Because when she's around, like you know, her, her comfort zone, I mean, she speaks very well. She's a she's you know, devil in a dress. She knows how to work the crowd. Uh, but uh, here in Florida, I saw her maybe once during the uh, the election. And it was a mess. It was a disaster. I mean, if you look at that entire campaign, it was just about, oh, Trump's bad, Trump this, Trump. But at no time that she, and this is, you know, even in, you know, other parts of the country, she didn't put in any kind of like, well, I'm going to do this and talk about like how she's going to fix the economy, how she's going to, uh, you know, handle Medicare, Medicaid, uh, you know, the, the illegals coming into the, uh, to the country, you know, national security, foreign policies, you know, they, she ran on nothing but hatred on Trump. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the country also saw that and they were like, well, she's not selling on anything. I think that same thing is happening now with a lot of these Democrats running. They're, they're falling into the same trap. If you look at the, uh, debates, which by the way, you know, these Democrat debates were a sleeper and i'm not talking about like when you go to the movies and you see like a movie and you're like that's gonna be a sleeper hit it's, it's a great movie no 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 like this was a snore fest like <sighs> like boring as crap and the only thing you could take away was how much all these guys were bashing trump 
Like the entire time I was like, well, we gotta get Trump out of office because he broke criminal rules and he did this. But at no time they're actually giving you details of what he did. They're just, uh, reenacting like CNN talking points or, you know, saying the same junk over and over again, which has been debunked. That's the crazy part. But nobody really is talking about, you know, proper things that the American people want to hear, like foreign policy, the economy, the, you know, immigration, these, these topics which are essential to every candidate. You know, these guys are more determined to take out a president with, before the election even happens that they are forgetting the American people really don't care about the impeachment. That's been proven by the numbers that's come out. They care more about the economy. And and the old saying is the economy stupid. It's all about the economy. The economy right now is booming, and all these idiots on the left want to do is impeach a president over nothing, over a a phone call which showed no, you know, no, nothing. I mean, you have to have, remember to impeach, remove, and remove a president. You have to have a crime committed. There's no crime. Like, where's the crime? I mean, I've I've said and seen. The hearings, I saw what, you know, the, the Adam Schiff show was in getting these, uh, impeachment, uh, inquiries, uh, put together. There's literally no crime committed. Uh, the, uh, so-called witnesses were all based on assumptions. Meaning, uh, Brandon, if, you know, you hear, like, somebody say something about uh, a conversation they heard with somebody else, right? This is what's happening. And that person says, hey, Brandon, uh, I heard this from this guy who was on a phone call with the, the, the president. And they're talking about, you know, if you investigate, we'll give you the money. But if you don't, we're going to take you out. And then you run as a whistleblower or as whatever, and you spread that to somebody else. And then it gets back to the person you wanted it to get back to because all these people interconnected, the whistleblower, Adam Schiff, all these guys are interconnected with each other. There's all a, you know, a conspiracy that they concocted to like spread a lie. But once you hear that and you put that on the news and you see that over and over and over and over again, even though it's a lie, guess what happens? It becomes the truth in the eyes of the public. Now, if you hear that, and you're and you're somebody who doesn't sit there and actually pays attention to, you know, the witnesses that are coming forward. You're going to think, oh my God, the president's the devil. Well, look what he's doing. But if you actually pay attention to the the actual hearings, it's all based on assumption. It's like it, it's beyond hearsay, and they they ran with bribery. And then, uh, it's funny, they go back in and one of the Republican senators asks, uh, Alexander Vindeman, which is the highly decorated colonel, right? He directly asks and tells him, look, they just went to the news and said that there was bribery involved during the recess. Was there bribery? And he said, no, there was no bribery in the call. And then he gets it out of him that the entire thing is his assumption of what he heard. And then he goes and tells his brother, father, and a friend, who is the uh, so-called uh, whistleblower, non-whistleblower, whistleblower, whatever you want to call him, 
uh, whose name is uh, Eric, uh, from at least reports, and I'll say this as I have to legally, it's reportedly by some sources to be Eric uh, Sarah Miela or some crap. And uh, I'm not, yeah, I probably mispronounced that. It's okay. But uh, anyway, this is the supposed whistleblower. He, ironically enough, worked with Hillary's campaign, worked with Obama, worked with Adam Schiff. Ironic. It's not ironic, Bob Brandon. The whistleblower worked directly with these uh, folks who hate Trump. Yeah, big irony. Right, right. Ironic, right? And ironic that Alexander uh, Vindman, the actual uh, guy who was supposedly in the phone call that went to everybody and was like, hey, uh, Trump said this. Guess what? Also worked with Obama, Hillary. In fact, he was appointed to his position by Barack Obama. Uh, not only that, guess where this guy's from? Take a wild guess. I'm going to let you guess. I know you don't know the answer to this, Brandon, but take a, take a good guess. Chicago? Uh, well, no, 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 not, not Chicago, no, but guess again. A little further out. Florida. You know, no, 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 not Florida. You're going to laugh at this. You're going to laugh. He's not from our parts. No, 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 no. Trump is. Now he's, he's uh, you know, down here in Florida. But uh, not not Alexander Vindham. No. Give up? You done? Go ahead. Okay, he was, uh, he's from Ukraine, the country that we're talking about. There's been an investigator in the phone call. Ukraine, which is right next to Russia, his father is Russian, his family is from Russia. Now, isn't that ironic? Democrat, Russian, parents are Russian, appointed by the Obama administration, worked under Obama and Hillary, friends with them. Now, isn't that ironic that he is the one military guy who is appointed to be on the phone call? Trump didn't know this. Remember, this phone call is a legit call that every president gets when they're dealing with foreign leaders who just get elected. It's a congratulations for being elected president of Ukraine, Zelensky. So uh, he, it's, a, it's a perfectly normal phone call, and he's saying, hey, congratulations on winning. It was a hell of an election, yada, yada, yada. Now, if you read the transcript, the first person who brings up uh, the Biden uh, connection is Zelensky, and Trump is like, yeah, you know, you want to look into that because there's you know, some stuff there in 2016, which was very shady. And guess what? As a president... He has every right to ask other foreign leaders to look into corruption. That's normal. That's him doing his job. Now, if he was corrupt, why would he ask another leader to investigate and weed out corruption? Think about that. Does that make any sense to you, Brendan, at all, logically? Hell no, it doesn't. Right? If you're a sitting president and you're a crooked, you know, bad guy like they, like they all claim Trump is, why would you ask another leader, you know, like, uh, you want to look into some uh, crazy, uh, corrupted stuff that was going on with the previous administration there and, you know, all this stuff that happened and, uh, how they meddled in our election so it doesn't happen again? 
I mean, that's, to me, it sounds like a logical thing uh, to bring up to a newly elected president. And by the way, in the actual Constitution, there's an article in there, I forget the number, but you can look it up. The president is one that sets policy. Okay, on phone calls, how to deal with foreign policies, how to deal with foreign leaders, in every aspect. The reason that you have people like Vindeman and other people on the phone call is as witnesses to an event, for one. Two, to help with the wording of what's going to be asked on the phone call to make sure the president doesn't overstate some boundaries and accidentally leak out some information. You know, because, you know, presidents are new to this kind of thing. It's funny, when uh, Obama ran or when Trump ran, uh, you know, one thing that their uh, their opposers always use was like, well, they're not experienced to be president. They don't, they've never been president. Well, neither have any of you, assholes. You think Reagan was a president before he was president? No. Nobody's ever experienced when they go to the White House to be president. You become experienced by doing the job. There's no fifth term that you can say, okay, well, I've done that for four years, you know, the 20 years ago, I'm back, and I'm going to be president again. No, that doesn't work that way. So when you see people say, well, Trump is just, he wasn't ready to be president, he's never done anything. Well, neither did Obama, neither did Bush Jr., neither did Reagan, neither did Bush Sr. I mean, Bush, you know, Sr., at least you could say he was vice president for eight years. And he was president for four. So he had the vice presidency as kind of like an idea. Plus he was involved in government for like 50 years before that. So he has a big, he had a big idea on how to, you know, do the presidency job. And he filled it that because he only, you know, what got elected once. Then we had the eight years of Bill Clinton, which was disastrous. Um, so, you know, that argument of, Oh, well, uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't presidential. He wasn't ready to be president. He shouldn't be setting policies. That's nonsense. He's the president. They set policies. Not a Russian asset. I don't care how many uh, stars or medals he's received. He's a Russian Democrat appointed by Obama, worked for Hillary, worked for without him shift, talked to the whistleblower, Leaked out information just for the fact that he went on a confidential phone call with the president and another leader. And I'm surprised the news media has not ran with this. You know, I, wink, wink, because they never run with anything that's pro-Trump or going to help him. But any time that you're on one of these phone calls with the president and another foreign leader, that's highly classified. For him to tell anybody, including his family or a whistleblower, guess what happens? That's called treason. You know what happens to treason is people, right, uh, Brandon? Yep. Off with their heads. I mean, that's literally what happens. You, you get the chair, lethal injection, whatever it is, but that's a death penalty. And I think that's one of the reasons why he went into military style and he was trying to cover up the fact that he committed treason. He leaked information, and Adam Schiff is such a moron, and, and we're going to go to commercial break here in, in a couple minutes, and this is uh, historical. This is how stupid Adam Schiff is. If you guys watch the inquiry, this is before the Senate trial, which now we're in a couple of days into it, but before the uh, Senate trial, when Vindeman is 
doing his assumption, he's going into the people that he told. He's literally telling you who he leaked to uh, what he heard. And mind you, what he heard was simply what was on the transcript. But when he tells one person, he gets to another person, he goes, you know, in the circle of trust, which it was all, you know, to go back to Adam Schiff, through a circle. Um, so Vindeman is kind of like in the clear, but he tells somebody who he knows is going to tell Adam Schiff. Uh, so it goes right to the person he wants, right? That's how you do this, these things. And when he tells uh, Cinderella or whatever his name is, uh, and he tells him uh, the you know what he hears, and Adam Schiff gets it, it becomes a sinister phone call. And ironically enough, what did Schiff do when he went and he read the the information from the whistleblower? If you remember the the phone call that he read, said he demanded seven times in the phone call that you go ahead and you. Make sure that you investigate Biden. So you have to do this or you're not getting a dime. And he was like this mob voice, like he, like Tony Soprano, right? None of that was on the transcript. If you actually read it, it was, like I said, a congratulation transcript, very friendly. He, uh, the, the president, all he mentions, like, and he says it a lot. I've heard him actually in many speeches say, hey, do us a favor, do this, that. And he says, can you look into the corruption that happened in 2016? That's the past, right? Saying, because, and now Zelensky, who ran on the, uh, the, the campaign that he is not like the previous administrations, that he is there to clean up and end corruption, okay? He ran on that very platform. So when the president says, hey, do what you, you ran on, that's great. You know, check 2016, check the previous administration, and corruption is basically what the president said to another president. And that's what he, they want to impeach him on. Mind you, what's that the investigation going to lead to? And this is why the left is so hell-bent on removing, removing him from office, because it leads back to Joe Biden. It leads back to Hunter Biden and Burisma. It leads back to them uh, doing a, a, an actual quid pro quo. If you know what that you know what that means, right, uh, Brendan? Quid pro quo? Are you, are you up to speed with the uh, terminology there? Yeah, it's a form of uh, harassment in the workplace. Uh not sort necessarily. Of. No, 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 no. Uh, quid pro quo is like, for example, when I say, "Hey, uh, you do this, or you don't get that." So I'm kind of like bribing or extorting you to do what I want you to do, and in return, I'll give you what you're, I'm supposed to give you. And, for example, and there's audio of this of Joe Biden laughing and talking about it. And uh, he says very very loudly, he says, uh, and in 2015, I think it was when, uh, when this audio uh, was recorded on video. And uh, he's talking about when he was with uh, the Obama administration and he went over to Ukraine. And they were investigating the prosecutor was investigating Burisma, the company that Hunter Biden worked for. He was investigating how Hunter Biden got his job at Burisma because it looks very shady. Plus, Burisma was involved in 
tampering with elections in this country, the U.S., plus in Ukraine and other countries. So Burisma, who is this big company, started paying Hunter Biden hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, a guy who got kicked out of the Navy for using crack cocaine, okay, had no experience in, in this uh, kind of work, which is a gas company, he had no experience, never worked in this kind of company. He, the only reason he got a job, and he even said it, was because his name is Biden, and he's the son of the vice president. So he gets put into this position. They're, they're investigating it. And Joe Biden goes to Ukraine and says, Hey, listen, if you don't fire that prosecutor, I'm not going to give you the $1.5 billion that we're supposed to give you in funds, which is going to go to aid you fighting Russia. You see how this all goes back to Russia? Right? Because yeah. Ukraine is fighting Russia, which is also fighting ISIS, which was created by the Obama-Hillary uh, you know, era. Really, the Bush... Obama-Hillary era, that's when ISIS started coming up. So ISIS, which was put there by previous administrations from this country, has been a menace overseas. Russia's been fighting them. Ukraine's been fighting them. At the same time, Ukraine has been fighting Russia because they're enemies since Ukraine left Russia. Remember, they're right connected to, to Russia. They left Russia, and they've been fighting ever since. So Joe Biden is literally doing a quid pro quo and laughing about it. He's saying, hey, if you don't fire this prosecutor, who's a, he's been clean his whole life, but, you know, we have to fire him because he's literally looking into how Joe Biden's son got his job, which is a shady job. And he's telling the president, not Zelensky, the president back then, he tells him directly, fire the prosecutor, End that investigation, or you don't get $1.5 billion. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to call Barack right now, and he says that. I'll call the president, and we won't give you a penny. And he says, son of a bitch. Sure enough, an hour later, he fired the prosecutor. And we released the funds. That is a quid pro quo. That's how this whole thing started with Trump. They wanted to say that he did a quid pro quo because he asked the new president to do what he said he was going to do when he ran for president of Ukraine, which was fight corruption. So you're telling me you're going to impeach and try to remove a president who wants to end corruption to cover up for a vice president who literally did a quid pro quo and was involved in corruption. How does that work? How does that make any logical sense? Uh, Brandon, you want to throw anything into that? Yeah, it doesn't make any logical sense to me whatsoever. Like, you want to do this, otherwise I'll take this way I won't do this. Dude, like I said, that's, that's, that's a jail charge right there, you know. Uh, I mean, if anything, uh, Biden should be in prison for many, many years for that. Not this, you know, campaign against uh, Trump. And again, if Trump is such a bad guy, why is it that he has the most sanctions against Russia of any president previously? 
Uh, he, I mean, he's been the hardest when it comes to uh, Russia. Uh, not only that, he's literally asking a sitting newly elected president of Ukraine to look into corruption, meaning he wants to end corruption. He, and even in this country, what is he? what did he ran on? We're going to drain the swamp, right? We're going to end corruption. We're going to try to clean the mess that is Washington. And if you look at the articles of impeachment, it's a complete disaster. Uh, I mean, there's not a crime committed. At least with Bill Clinton, you could say, well, he lied to the American public under oath, um, there was a bunch of charges against them. In fact, we're going to talk about one in a minute here uh, when we come back from break. Uh, not only that, big one, he left stains on a dress. Remember that, Monica Lewinsky? Unfortunately. <laughs> well, she's, but though she's looking a lot better now. I mean, a lot better. With that, guys. We're going to go to break. We'll be back in about two minutes. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he's saying. That's Russian singer Vitas with the seventh element. Again, I have no idea what the song says at all, but listen to this. It's hysterical. Uh, again, Chaka 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 confused. I have no idea what this man is saying, uh, but it, it's pretty damn funny. Again, Vitus. Uh, it, it apparently, uh, Brandon, I don't know if you heard of that style of music. It's called clucking, where he goes, like a, like a chicken. No. Like, literally, it's called clucking. In, in Russia, and, uh, singers do that a lot, I guess. I mean, and it's funny, like, I ran across the video on YouTube. Somebody had posted a comment on one of my sites, and they were like, Oh, you gotta check this out. It's, it's funny as nope. hell. And I was like, I'm not interested. And they were like, no, 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 really, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna laugh. No. Nope. And I was like, not, no, not happening. And they were like, I'm telling you, you're gonna laugh. And I'm like, oh, okay, give me the damn link. And then I, I played it and I was like, what the hell am I watching? What the hell is this? And like, he's dressed like in his futuristic, otherworldly, uh, weird outfit. And he's, and this is an old video. There's nothing new. This is like a decade and a half old. And, uh, he starts going into the song and I'm just looking at it like, what the hell am I watching? Like, first it's in Russian, so I don't understand what the hell's happening to begin with. And then he starts clucking and I'm like, is he clucking like a chicken? Like, what, what the hell is this? Like, it, it, it was mind blowing, Brandon. You, you have to watch the video. It, it literally, it'll blow your mind. We just had a nice little sabbatical, smoke break, pee break, uh, water, and uh, Mountain Dew break for anybody out there. You can call in at 786. What the hell was that? Did you break something over there? You sound like you broke a bone. I don't no. know what that was. I was muted. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, that was you. Like, what broke? Come on, be honest. I'm just sitting at my, at my desk. Something went, pshh! I know everybody heard that. It, it, you know, that we got ghosts in the machines. Could be. But, uh, what do you think? Ghosts in the machines? Oh, God. Yeah, we'll go with yeah. ghosts in the machines. Machines? 
Amen. I'm Cuban. Leave me alone. But uh, go send the machines. And uh, by the way, I'm also a little bit under the weather. And I'm still healing from uh, my leg wound, which is about, like I was telling Brandon earlier, it's about 30, 40% uh, kind of healed, kind of not. It's doing this weird thing where I have to have it, you know, at a heart level. So it heals properly because I have an open wound, basically, is what I'm dealing with from my uh, post-surgery. And so it, it completely uh, closes up, which they told me was going to be like two months, and it's like almost halfway there. So, eh, not doing too bad. I haven't been out of the hospital for a little bit under a month. I think it's been like 20-something days that I got out of the hospital now. So uh, it's not too, too bad. Uh, but it's kind of funny because when it's warm, and it's not warm now, it's about, uh, 68 degrees here in Florida, which is cold for us down here. And I know that for you guys up in, in the north areas are like, you bunch of pussies. It's, it's zero where I'm at, jackal. And I say that's why I live in Florida. Cause when it's cold here, it's only like 68 to 70 degrees. And, you know, once in a while we get a, a 50 degree drop or a foot. But see, that lasts like maybe a day or two. Maybe three, four. And then we go back to like 60, 70, 80. I, you know, Brandon, I don't know about you, but this is what's kept me to Florida all this time. Even, you know, with hurricanes and possibility of, uh, being the first one that goes and the uh, ice caps melts and the, uh, you know, the water rises, you know, Florida, the, co- the coasts are going to be the first ones to, like, go under. Like a congressman said, we might flip over, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it keeps me down here because of the weather. It's like, it's beautiful, right? I mean, I know you enjoy the, the almost island-like weather. You're not, you're not from the islands. I'm, I'm Cuban, I am. Uh, but it's almost like living in the, in the islands. It's almost like living in the, in the Caribbean. And I know you enjoy the weather because it's been tough for both of us to leave Florida and uh, do other uh, things in other states that might uh, bring us more money. But it's like, damn it, we got to go to uh, shitty California, which you don't want to be there right now. It's a, it's a, a third world country in itself. You really don't want to go up north to New York because that's becoming a shit show. And uh, other parts of the country, it's just... Flipping cold, man. It's so cold that uh, you're like, yeah, Florida is pretty damn nice, uh, even though we might be uh, over uh, our heads with water if uh, the, the ice caps melt. But see, I'm not a global warmist, so I don't believe in that nonsense, uh, too. Uh, so I, I enjoy Florida. It's, uh, it is what it is. And, uh, you, you know, being from the islands... I, I like to check in on what's going on, and we're going to jump right into this story. And uh, Brendan, I, I linked you this earlier because this to me was just, mm, ah, it was it was beautiful when I read this. And uh, this is posted uh, on the 18th. Today's the 19th, right? So it was posted yesterday. Brand new post. If you guys want to read along, it's on thehill.com. Uh, they posted, uh, this article and it reads, Puerto Rico's emergency services director fired after supplies from Hurricane Maria are discovered. Now, this already has, uh, some 7,000 shares from the Hill. 
and uh, 7,210, and it should get more. Uh, I'm going to read this, so we're going to kind of discuss this for a second here. It says, Puerto Rico uh, Governor Wanda Vasquez dismissed the island's emergency service director, Carlos Acevedo, after supplies from Hurricane Maria were discovered in a warehouse uh, as ABC. Now, ABC News reporters reported this. This is very important. Remember, ABC, left-wing media, they're very anti-Trump. Okay? Uh, now, they reported this on Saturday, yesterday. Video was released and showed a warehouse in the main city of Ponce filled with supplies, according to the network. The 2017 hurricane caused massive damage to the island's territory and left 2,975 people dead. Now think about that number. We had 3,000 lives lost in 9-11, correct? Right, Brandon? It was about 3,000. So we had about the same amount of people die in 2017 in Puerto Rico. A lot of those deaths were, you know, deaths were because they didn't get supplies in time. They didn't get the help that they properly needed. And now there were thousands of people who have made sacrifices, and I'm quoting, to bring help to the South. And it's unforgivable that resources have been kept in a warehouse. Vasquez said in the statement. She also, uh, Vasquez stated and gave the, the island officials 48 hours to figure out why the supplies were being stockpiled. She also nominated Puerto Rican uh, National Guard head uh, Brigadier General Victor S. Perez to lead the Office of Emergency Management in place of Las Vegas. Now, why is this important? Guess who got blamed for supplies not getting to Puerto Rico in 2017? It was Trump. Yeah. The left media blamed Trump. Immediately. The, uh, the very socialist people there are in charge of Puerto Rico were there talking about Trump is failing us. Trump is not sending supplies. And the ironic thing is, when this was happening, they were live on the news talking about this. And I said this on this show years ago when this happened. Uh, on Skywatchers, I also mentioned it. I've talked about this at length uh, with others because some people just don't pay attention. When the, Puerto Rico was talking about this, literally... Behind the person who was on the news on CNN, ABC, MSNBC, and all these news outlets, the very person talking on the news behind them, live from Puerto Rico, was in front of a warehouse. Behind them, the warehouse was full of supplies, and they were hiding them. And you could clearly see what was happening. And I mentioned this, and nobody's picked up on it till now. Now ABC is saying, wait a second, there were supplies at a warehouse? Are you shitting me? This is live in your own videos. Why does it take this long for a major network 
to pick up on this. In fact, there's a funny phone call, why I bring this up, uh, that I took in 2017 when I was working for another for a dealership, and they were running a radio ad in Spanish, okay? Um, I, maybe I should play, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know, uh, you know, most of the listeners here, uh, I would say most, I say all of them, Brandon, uh, but uh, there might be a few that understand both English and Spanish, uh, but, you know, most of the audience uh, are English-speaking, so they might not understand the audio anyway, but I took a phone call from a lady who was outraged at how Trump had been uh, doing Puerto Rico wrong because, you know, he wasn't getting supplies to them, as they were saying in the news, and I clearly told her, look, that's a pack of lies. They're lying. It's all socialist Democrats, you know, messing with your mind. And she's like, I don't believe it. You know, they're saying it on the news. And I'm like, yeah, you believe the news? The news lies. And, and it's funny, the Hill's reporting this. Again, if you guys want to read this, go ahead. It's right on thehill.com. You can check it out. It's, uh, I think right on the, on the front page. In fact, I'm going to make it even easier. For people, I'm going to go ahead and link this directly on my Facebook page. Um, actually, it's already there. Go to uh, facebook.com forward slash Real Angel Espino. And you can see it right on my front page. And the audio is there. We have a good team here posting this stuff. And uh, the audio is right there. I mean, it's very funny audio. Uh, it's one of those uh, things, Brandon, that when you... If you understood Spanish and you were uh, able to understand what, you know, this, it's been a, a scam from the very beginning, folks. It, it, it is pretty funny. I mean, it, it's, they kick themselves in the face every time. Only takes a little bit of time. Might take a year, might take two years, might take three. But at the end of the day, the foot always goes in the mouth. Always. Like Mr. Opie, Ron Howard, opened his big fat mouth because he wanted 15 minutes of fame. And look how that's costing him now. Now, uh, you know, we talked about this uh, at the beginning of the show. Opie, of course, I'm talking about Ron Howard, the uh, the actor who, uh, you know, was in Happy Days. He also directed Apollo, no, what, Apollo 13. Was the movie, right? Apollo 13. And, um, yeah, Apollo 13. That's, uh, the correct number. It, it was a decent movie. I mean, I saw it in theaters. Um, that was Tom Hanks, wasn't it? Yeah, Tom Hanks. When was no. the, when did that movie come out? Uh, that was a long time ago. That was like, 90, uh, 95? I'm about to see it too, like 96, I think it was. 95, 96, yeah, I won't say around that, that time. I mean, I remember seeing that movie, and I was like, yeah, it's, a, it's pretty good. I mean, Ron Howard is a, a talented director, I'm not going to lie, uh, but he directed the worst Star Wars movie ever. I mean, the, that solo movie is a disaster, it flopped, biggest flop in the history of Star Wars, but he's famous uh, for Happy Days, the Andrew Griffith show, he did one of my favorite, uh, you know, sitcoms, Arrested Development. Love that show. Uh, so he's a, he's a very talented uh, director, producer, old actor, because he doesn't really act much anymore. But, you know, you could be talented and be a dumbass at the same time. 
I mean, a lot of people have proven that. Am I right, Brandon? Right? And I'm, I'm glad you're very talkative about that because I know it's in home. A little soft on the, on the heart there. We have friends. Hey, Simon. <laughs> uh, have you talked to Simon, by the way? No, no. He, Off topic. Uh, he's been quiet for... Uh, he seems to come and go every six months with me. I haven't heard from him in a couple of months. Um. Yeah. It, it's. Uh, it's weird. I don't. I don't, uh, I don't understand that. That boy. It says he's uh, online right now. I can see him, but he's not saying anything. No. Like he. That's. That's. Uh. His. Uh. Way of being. He's always online, but he never talks. He's like the perfect uh, spy. He's always looking, but he's like Silent Bob. He only comes around when he has some very important to leak to you. Hey, I heard Trump said something. But he's Muslim, so they'll be like, I heard Trump said something. Well, he doesn't really talk like that, so. That's not, that's not a very accurate or something. He's actually a very cool dude. Uh, you know, kind of funny. Fagost, maybe, but, uh, good guy. But moving on to Ron Howard here. Now, Hollywood director gets smacked, uh, for, uh, smacked down for a Trump slam. And this is posted uh, earlier this month, and uh, it, we didn't talk about this on the last show. Uh, and, and he was, uh, you know, uh, smacked around by a few uh, celebrities, which shows not everybody in Hollywood is a, a complete moron. But even one of his old actresses, as I'm being uh, Skyped something here, one of his old actresses uh, came out and said, uh, dude, hold on a second. Wait up, Opie. And uh, she posted something on Twitter, which is very amusing, and I'm going to share that in a second, but I'm going to read this uh, as it says here in the article. And uh, this is from uh, RT.com, the Hollywood director, uh, RT, I guess, uh, Retweet.com, I don't know what the RT stands for, but it says, Ron Howard, director of Solo, a Star Wars bomb, I mean, story, uh, tried for some easy points on Twitter by slamming U.S. President Donald Trump, but he got a rude awakening, including one from his past actresses. Dun, dun, dun. Right? One of those moments. I think I have that on audio somewhere. Let me see. I should have that. Like, uh, let's see. Do I have a dun, dun, dun? Yeah, I know I have it. It's been a while, guys. But, uh, you ready for this, Brandon? Because you're going to hear a lot of, like, you know, stuff like this. Uh, so don't get scared. I know you're new to this. Okay? I'm ready this, for it. Here, this is one of these moments. There you go. Now, if you're an artist in modern Hollywood, uh, you're looking to score some easy brownie points, right, with fellow celebrities and mainstream entertainment press. And a pretty good bet is to call out Trump when things are not going too good. It's easy, uh, low-hanging, fruitful, and it seems to work for some A-list celebrities like Alyssa Milano, who I still want to show her who the boss is. Because even though she's kind of crazy for Cuckoo Puss, she's still pretty good looking. So, uh, it, Bette Midler, don't want to show her anything. Uh, just, no. Brandon, what do you think? You like him old? Actually, yeah, I do. <laughs> Are you a Bette Midler kind of dude? Like, you old and mold? 
Does no, that what you like? No, not 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 that. Old. <laughs> I mean, she's she's near like eighty, I think. Is that kind of like uh, the older woman? You're no, you're no, looking for like borderline like necrophiliac, right there. No, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you like him with a pulse? Yes. Yes. Okay, I, that's good to hear. Cause need the body temperature you, to be at least uh, 95 degrees, okay? <laughs> that's good to know, because if now we're about to have another type of moment on the show. And we can only afford one of these per show. So, good to know. And now since you're in the entertainment industry, many who have known and worked with Trump think that while he, the reality uh, show was fun and ran a long time, he's a self-serving, dishonest, morally bankrupt egomaniac who doesn't care about anything or anyone, but his fame and bank account and is hustling the U.S., tweeted Howard, Opie, Mr. Ron Howard, after being asked why Hollywood is so consistently against the U.S. president. That was his tweet. Now, the attempt to give an insider uh, knowledge about Trump did not go over very well, the article says. Apparently the last person people want to hear uh, preach politics are uh, Richie from Happy Days. Good uh, jab there at, at Ron Howard. Uh, Juanita Broderick, and uh, I'm sure you don't know who she is, uh, Brandon, she uh, posted, she says, you know, Opie, we truly don't give a fuck what you think. That was your tweet back, by the way, and uh, very well said. I bow down to Juanita for that and for posting that. Now, uh, do you have any idea who Juanita Howard is? No, I don't. No, okay. I saw something about it on Twitter, but I didn't click on it earlier. It just—I I saw this little jabbing going back and forth between Ron Howard and her, and I, I agree with her. Though I mean, nobody cares what Ron Howard thinks, and no one hasn't cared for years. I mean, yeah, since Willow, maybe that was in eighty something. That's a long time ago in a galaxy not too far, far away with a bunch of midgets. Now, uh, Juanita Broderick is an American former nursing home administrator. In 1999, uh, she previously uh, said that uh, in a sworn statement that U.S. President Bill Clinton raped her back in 1978 when uh, he was Attorney General of Arkansas. That's who Juanita Broderick is. By the way, she's 77 years old and has a great vocabulary. And, uh, yeah, she uh, tweeted out, eh, nobody gives a fuck. And we, again, applaud her for that. That's uh, one. And now another one uh, says, uh, this is from a person called Neon Taster. They said, Ron Howard is free to hate and tweet bad things about Trump. You know, it's an open country. Uh, but he said, uh, but he should act like the entertainment industry is some uh, paragon for morale virtue, considering how many open secrets we've learned about lately, right? And uh, guess who Ron Howard, you know, piled around with, uh, Brandon, for years, and uh, likely knowing exactly what was going on? Guess who? Take a walk, guess. 
Come on, wild, wild guess. Give me, give me, give me uh, the wildest guess you, you can think of. I was about to say, uh, Ron Howard, golly. I, I was about to say, um, who's that one guy? Um, give me a good one. Give me a good one. Come on. You gotta be somebody against, um, against the president. I, I was about to say, I was about to say Obama or the Russian. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and, uh, this has nothing to do with the president, this one. This, this, this is funny. This has nothing to do with Trump. Uh, but it's, it's a bad hombre. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Guess who? Who? I'm out of guesses. Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein, really? Yeah, Opie and Weinstein. In fact, there's a picture which is very uh, suspicious of uh, Weinstein with a young lady looking like he's about to do what he does best and uh, harass and uh, possibly, uh, you know, take to the uh, back room. And you see uh, Ron Howard right next to her looking at her like, yeah, this is going to be a fun gangbang. That's kind of the the faces put. Nah, I kid you not, uh, but yeah, no, they they were buddies, and uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, proof out there. They were, uh, um, uh, you know, maybe on the island uh, for uh, a certain Mister Epstein, who was suicided. Pedophilia, pedophilia island. You know, it, island. It wouldn't uh-huh. surprise me if he was on that island multiple times, uh, Ron Howard. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. He is in the black book of Epstein. And so is Weinstein. So look that up. So are a lot of the celebrities, okay? Now, the worst zinger came from Robin Young. Now, does that name uh, ring a bell? You're, you're like me. You're, you know... A, uh, a a fanboy. Now your 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 favorite thing. I know it's Star Trek. I'm Star Wars. This is neither. So I'm going to put those out of the way. Uh, but Ro- Robin Young. Does that name ring a bell? No, it doesn't. Okay, she's a former Bond girl, an actress, and playmate. She worked with Ron Howard back in the 1980s. And she uh, and she worked on it with a movie called Night Shift. Remember that movie? Yeah, I remember Night Shift. Okay, cool. she worked with Ron in that movie. She says, Ron Howard, my Night Shift director who described the majority of the film industry, by the way. Ron, is uh, there still uh, rampant? And she's asking him, Ron, is there still rampant drug use in the adultery and adultery in your film in, uh, trailers in Offset? By film executives and cast? Question mark. Let me read that again in case you didn't catch that. Ron, is there still rampant drug use and adultery in your film trailers and offset by film executives and cast? Now swallow that for a second, folks. Other artists were uh, quick to push back against Howard in his theory about Trump. But think about this. Uh, this is a person who worked directly with Ron Howard. And she uh, pretty much said, Listen, uh, guy, you uh, morale-pushing uh, baldy. Wait, me and Brandon are bald. Let me take that back. You, uh, 
Morale pushing uh, Opie. That sounds better, right? Yeah, a little. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, she. This is her saying, "Hey, listen, guy, Opie, you're not uh, the moral compass of this country." In your own movie trailers, uh, you guys had uh, adultery, uh, drug use, rampant drug use by not only you, the cast, the executives. Is that still going on because you want to pass judgment on a, on a president who uh, did nothing but ask another country leader who just got elected to look into corruption? As I sip my water. Um, really, that's what we're doing here? That's basically what she's putting on, and it's beautifully worded. Now, and I'm going to continue to quote her. It says here, yeah, that's why he gave it up, donates his entire salary to charity, and puts up getting trashed in liberal-controlled media over every petty little thing. Trump is a patriot. He supports and understands the average American and has given us the best economy of our life. End quote. And actress Mindy Robinson tweeted at the director. That was uh, her quote. So we have actresses that are coming forward. Uh, they've uh, worked with Ronnie and uh, put him in this place. Another one says, uh, nice audition, Ron. We have a lot of other people in Hollywood just exactly like you that, are con- uh, that, are, that we are considering. But your uh, seeming sincerity and your vicious hyperbole comforts us that you are truly one of us. We'll be in touch. Quipped actor-director Nick Swarcy. Um So didn't go over too well for Ron Howard. Which again hasn't had a hit movie since Willow or Apollo thirteen. I mean that nineteen ninety five, really eighty eight, ninety five. Those are the last two. I mean, can you think of another good movie he's, that he's directed or been in? No, he he hasn't. Um, he hasn't made a single mark on Hollywood as he thinks he believe. You know, as he's led himself to believe. I mean, he's going. 20 years at a time before his next hit you know um i said willow of course was all right i mean i'll be honest i wasn't the biggest willow fan i mean i've seen that movie dozens of times i'm still not a fan and uh, apollo 13 was okay but other than that he's never had any strong weight and now he's coming out with solo flop i think he needs to find something else to do I mean, at least after Solo, you would think that he would just, like, stay quiet and, and not say anything stupid so he doesn't get more people to hate his guts or attack him. But, you know, but, again, this is Hollywood's easy uh, thing to do, right? Attack the president. That'll get you some fame. It'll bring you right. It, it didn't work this uh, this time around. It, it Failed miserably, miserably for uh, Opie. And uh, it's funny to see how Hollywood has eaten their own alive, folks. Uh, that's just, uh, to me, is it's music to my ears. It really, truly is. Uh, so that's uh, the big uh, Ron Howard story for the week. And maybe it would last for a very long time. I mean, 
I don't think he's going to be making any more Star Wars movies anytime soon. What do you think? Huh? I hope not. <laughs> Star Wars uh, has enough trauma over the last 20 years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Have you seen the numbers for uh, Rise of Skywalker? Uh, not not yet, but I'm under the impression of maybe performing a little better than Solo. <laughs> well, anything is better than what Solo did at the box office. Let's uh, let's be realistic. That movie bombed epically bad, but I mean the weekend numbers are not looking too good for uh, for Rise of Skywalker. In fact, uh, it, it's dropped down to number five, I believe, for the weekend. Um, from number two last week, and of course number one for like three weeks in a row, uh, which you would say, hey, that's pretty good, and, and it hit a billion dollars, and you're like, hey, that that's pretty damn good, a billion dollars. But here's the thing: domestically, it opened up weaker than even uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, the numbers are going to be lower domestically uh, at the end of its run than the Last Jedi, uh, while it's still three times as big as Solo, or at least two and a half times bigger than Solo, because that movie, again, biggest flop in the history of Star Wars. Uh, but it's, it's another uh, showing how this culture movement uh, is affecting even Star Wars. Uh, this leftist, uh, you know, agenda politics uh, driven uh, gender politics and uh, SJ Warrior, you know, SJW in, in movies, like all this stuff is literally affecting everything, even Star Wars, you know, has been affected by it, uh, to the point that when you look at YouTube, you find more videos hating the, you know, the, the sequel trilogy and hating Star Wars than, you know, being fans of it and loving what's going on. And the most ironic thing, Brandon, that I find on this whole thing is, uh, how uh, people that hated the prequels now all of a sudden love them. I I, I, I laugh hysterically at that. It, and it's happening more and more on YouTube. Uh, but I I hope that with what's happening with uh, this current trilogy, that we don't get uh Lucasfilms or Disney uh, lose their minds and say, you know what we need? We need to give Ron Howard his own trilogy. Because they're that crazy at this point to do some stupid shit like that. And say, well, you know, we know he filled with Solo, but that was, you know, maybe not his fault. Let's, let's let him, you know, do his own thing. Will anybody out there be even remotely interested in watching those movies? I mean, honestly, would anybody out there be interested in any of that? Nope. I mean, I know I wouldn't be. Nope. You? Hell no. That's that's putting uh, Hollywood to a quick, painful death. <laughs> I think the only thing worse than that would be having, um, like ruined uh, Ryan Johnson who directed The Last Jedi direct a trilogy which he's been threatening the fans since The Last Jedi came out it, it's a, it literally it's like a threat at this point it's like he's not joking he, he keeps saying oh it's still happening 
even though like Bob Iger and everybody at Disney's like, yeah, we're not gonna make any movies for a while. Um, right now we're gonna like uh, focus on the, the Disney Plus streaming and Mandalorian, and we have uh, you know the Obi Wan series coming out, and uh, we're gonna leave uh, the movies for a little bit, and uh, you know the next movie's gonna be done maybe in three or four years by Kevin Feige, who's coming forward. Uh, from the Marvel Universe, and he's going to produce and maybe direct the movie because he, he's a big fan of Star Wars, right? And he's always wanted to do a, a Star Wars film. Uh, so uh, that's what's really in the works. Bob Iger said that. But yet somehow uh, the threats uh, by uh, Ryan Johnson keep coming forward that he's going to still direct this trilogy with nobody's backing up at this point. That man is deranged. Like, when he puts the movie Knives Out, which, by the way, was a big, uh, you know, Easter egg for, like, the way he feels about Star Wars fans. Like, the knives came out, and they were all pointed at him because he delivered a terrible movie, which literally destroyed the the sequels. I mean, and you saw the movies. What were your thoughts of the sequels now that they've been out and, and about for, you know, this time and... We've now seen what they are. I think uh, the, the sequels, uh, they keep coming and going with me. Um, my thing is, I, I'll be honest, I'm not joining the, the what you call the bandwagon on YouTube. Um, I'm just not into prequels. I know it's becoming a thing now. It's, you know, it's a trend, but I wanted this, the saga to continue. I think it totally fell off of me with all these episode one, two, what are we up to? Episode 18, 16. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they call them now, but, um, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I think they need to get the continuity back. I'm tired of the, the fans online with the, the theories, every movie, they, they spend more time talking through the movie, making self-made theories than actually watching the movie. You know, it, it's, and, and I, I think it's, it's bad. Just like Ron Howard, you got, uh, who, who's that other guy, uh, Jackal? J.J. Um, uh, Abrams. Right. Well, he directed the, the new one, Rise of Skywalker, which is the ninth in the Skywalker saga. And I know you're a Trekkie, so I'm going to kind of give you a very brief uh, like overview. Um, Lucas did remember, remember here, episode 4, 5, and 6 in 70, 80, and 83. And then... A decade later, well, a decade and a half later, in 1999, he released episode 1, 2, and 3, the prequels. Now, a decade later, we have episode 7, 8, and 9, which was directed by J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and then J.J. Abrams at the last one, sandwiching the, the, the three movies, which was uh, supposedly originally it was going to be Colin Trevo, uh, Trevorrow, who did uh, the Jurassic World movies. He was going to do the third in the new trilogy. He uh, was fired by Kathleen Kennedy, who runs Lucasfilms, and in a scramble to find a director, because there was a time limit of when the movie was going to come out, they went back to J.J. Abrams, the guy who did The Force Awakens, Episode 7. The reason uh, that I bring that up is because his first movie made over $2 billion worldwide. Okay. Uh, the Last Jedi, which was the next one in the installment, episode 8, made like 1.3 billion, lost a lot of the audience, because it, it wasn't that good. 
so the fans reacted badly. That's what's caused the tox, uh, toxic, toxic nature of what's going on on YouTube, where a lot of the fans have been having the backlash and all that stuff that you've been noticing on YouTube because of that movie. It really was a bad movie. Now, the new movie, the, the Rise of Skywalker, is the one that's going to supposedly close out the chapter, which I think that's a bunch of bull. I think they're going to do more movies in the Skywalker saga, because I don't think they're going to leave it off like this. Uh, but it closes out the chapter of this supposed uh, timeline from Episode 1 to Episode 9, which is the rise of Anakin Skywalker, the fall, the redemption, his son training the next Jedis, the fall of that academy, you know, the rise of Kylo Ren, his fall, and the rise of Skywalker being what happens at the end of this movie with Rey, who, spoiler alert, turns out to be Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. If you didn't know that already, you should. It's been all over the news. Um, but that's the entire uh, nine-part series. Emperor Palpatine is the mastermind behind everything at the end of the day, which makes sense from a story point, you know, kind of uh, point of view. Because, uh, again, he's the one that created Darth Vader. He was the one that uh, manipulated Vader to the dark side, all that stuff. So it'll make logical sense that he's the guy kind of like pulling all the strings in the nine-part saga. Now, remember, Star Wars is a galaxy far, far away, but it's a very big place with a lot of stories to be told. We have The Mandalorian streaming. There's going to be, you know, other movies coming along. Uh, but that's kind of like the brief overview of like what's been going on. I still say episode 10, 11, and 12 will get made eventually in about maybe 5 to 10 years. That's just my theory. Uh, but, you know, you've seen Rise of Skywalker, have you not? Yeah, I did. I saw it uh, actually about two weeks ago. Now, what was your thought on that movie in particular? Because remember, this is closing out now the, the trilogy and the Anakin Palpatine storyline. I thought actually the movie uh, did close that gap a little bit for me. I, I enjoyed the movie, I'll be honest. I, I did enjoy this a lot more than I did solo. Um, I, th- I think as far as the timeline goes, it's actually closing a big gap for me. It's It made a lot more sense, and the continuity was there, so I was very happy. And, of course, Ron Howard did not have his hands on this one. So no. <laughs> so I was, I was happy with this one. <laughs> No OP on this directorial uh, output. No uh, OP director's no. cut. <laughs> oh my god, people want a director's cut of, of uh, Rise of Skywalker so bad. And I'm like, why? I mean, look, is it a flawed movie? Yes. It has, every movie is flawed. There's no perfect movie. Even The, the Godfather 1 and 2 had, has its flaws. Uh, and they're great movies. Citizen Kane you know, has flaws, and that's a great movie. Uh, I think there's never been a flawless movie. Maybe The Big Lebowski with a dude. That's about as close. Because, you know, to be honest, Brandon, the rug really did pull that room together. I mean, that rug was epic. And they peed on the rug. Can you believe that shit? Just all over that rug. Oh, God. Oh, God. Heat on the rug, dude. 
But uh, anyway, uh, no movie is flawless, uh, and for you know all the the hate this movie is taking, and it's funny because I called this, uh, and I hate to toot my own horn again, but uh, if you listen to the roundtable, and I know uh, Brandon, you you're a huge uh, supporter of that show as you've been on there before, on the uh, roundtable show. Uh, we've discussed, uh, this in the past. In fact, um, I think before Solo even came out, we were talking about what would be the proper storyline going forward with the actual, uh, going, you know, the actual trilogy in the, uh, in the next installment after The Last Jedi. And I said, the only way this can really end is with Palpatine being behind the scenes the entire time. And him being Ray's grandfather. That to me was a logical move. And everybody's like, yeah, no way. That'll never, that's stupid. And I'm like, no, that just makes perfect sense. He is the ultimate evil. That's the way to tie everything together. And son of a bitch, to quote Joe Biden, there he was. Emperor Palpatine tying everything together. In another I told you so moment. But I did. And uh, with that, we're going to hit commercial break, and uh, we'll be back. Just stick around. We'll be right back with more. We're back on Inside the Jackal's Head for the last uh, 25 minutes or 20-something minutes, depending on how long Brandon over here can hold uh, the next bowel movement. Are you doing okay there, B? Doing good? Oh, yeah, man. I'm cleaned out. You're good for the rest of the next 25 minutes? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I flushed myself. You sure? Okay, good. There you go. Let it all out. I'm just saying. Let it all out. Now, I don't know if you saw this uh, next article, Brandon, and uh, this is, uh, well, it could only happen in Miami International Airport. I mean, this could only happen here in Florida. Um... There's no right or wrong or, or reason behind it so far that we know as to why this happened. Uh, but only in Florida, and Brandon will back me up, does this happen. Um, I think maybe this lady wanted a discount on the carry-on. I'm not sure. Uh, now, it's true that it's hot in the South, but one woman took it to a little extreme in uh, Miami International Airport when she figured maybe the carry-on was too much. And she just couldn't take the heat. So she figured, hey, you know what? I'm not taking any luggage, and I'm not taking any clothing. And she removed her clothing, walked right through the airport, and uh, then she did something which was even more odd than get naked and walk through the airport. She got on top of a police car. All like, Remember Michael Jackson in 2005? When he was in the middle of his case and he jumped out on the cop on the car and he started like dancing. Yeah. Like a picture, uh, uh, now not Michael Jackson, but a hot chick, uh, butt naked on top of a police car dancing. Okay? That's what she did. We don't know why. There's not been a reason uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, other than maybe she didn't agree with uh, the amount of money for baggage. Have you seen the footage, Brendan? What did you think of that ass? I mean, uh, of the footage. 
I'm actually looking at it right now, man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, all we know about the woman, she's a 27 year old, uh, woman. Her to pay me to watch. <laughs> yeah. 27 year old, so she, she's of legal age. Uh, she's been taken into custody, uh, for a mental health evaluation, you think? You don't say. Yeah. A spokesperson for the Miami Dade Police Department uh, told Fox News the incident happened on Monday at around 11.40 p.m. The Barefoot Traveler uh, says here, uh, 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 centered uh, through the baggage claim uh, area, uh, walked through the baggage claim area of the uh, Florida airport, uh, singing while she removed her navy blue bra and underwear, multitasking. Like a mofo. Uh, the Miami Herald also reported on this. The video's on my website if you guys want to check that out. It's over on angelespino.com. Also, thejackal.com. They're, they all go to the, to the same place. If you don't understand one, you could remember the other. angelespino.com, thejackal.com, either or. Uh, we'll take you uh, right to the page. And uh, if you scroll down just a little bit, you see the article that, that was posted on there, and it shows the video. And uh, what do you think? Uh, uh, a thumbs up or thumbs down on the uh, visuals there, Brandon? What do you think? What are you know, your thoughts? I'm having to give it at least three three thumbs down. Um, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've been to Miami plenty of times. Beautiful, yes, great yes. place. Shout out to yep. the people down there. But I know it gets hot down there at night, but mm. not that damn hot. You know? No, remember, it, it was actually cold. Uh, during this uh, period uh, when she did this little stunt. And you know how we know it was cold? How? Her nipples were hard. Yeah. <sighs> you, that's how we know it was cold. Every time I see and, something with Florida in the news, I just want to skip over it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this only happens in Florida. Of course. This would have been a great episode of Cops. <laughs> or Seinfeld or something. Like, something. Who are these people? Like, you know, the big question here is why? Why would anybody do this? Nobody knows yet. All we know is the uh, woman is a 27-year-old. And I don't think her name has been uh, released to the public because, you know, we, we, we're joking, obviously, that it's a funny incident. Uh, but they're evaluating her for mental health problems. That's not a funny thing. Uh, it's a funny thing she did. Easy way to yeah, get the security. She shouldn't have any problems. No, hey, she doesn't even have to go through uh, the uh, security checkpoint. We know she's clean. I let you want to do a cavity search. Because it is kind of suspicious. Maybe she's got something in the crack. What do you think? Some crack in the crack? Crack in the crack, yeah. Let's, let's ease our way into this. Let's get a, a sniffing dog first, okay? And then we'll we'll work, worry about the, the search. No, what we need is a, a tall Lithuanian woman with rubber gloves uh, to take this woman into a back room and tell her, you bend over now. This is going to be nice and deep. We need to see what you're trying to take out of the country. Now, if you think women in Lithuania don't sound like that, go to Lithuania. 
That's how they sound. Pretty good uh, impersonation there, huh? <laughs> that makes it even more scarier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, again, if you guys want to check out the video, it's, uh, live on, uh, angelespino.com or thejackal.com. See, now I was told I gotta, gotta promote both, man. Uh, you can't just do one or the other because, uh, literally, uh, it's on the, the banner on the top. It says, uh, both. So, uh, what are you doing? Just, uh, I was like, okay, okay, okay visible mind. Invisible me. Talking to myself, I'll, I'll promote both. There you go. Uh, now, one more thing I wanted to get to the uh, let's see the circus trial continued. Uh, this is posted uh, again on the website. The uh, China deal was uh, finally signed, and while they're doing that, I don't know if you saw this, and I just wanted to talk about this for a minute because it's pretty funny. But um, you talk about ironic. Uh, but did you see the Democrats uh, signing into uh, the impeachment, how Nancy had all these pens, and uh, each, she gave one to each one of the uh, people that she was you know, bringing on board as the team that was going to oversee and manage the, the this phony impeachment to, you know, with the president? She gave them all pens that had her name. You know, on it in gold, and they, the, the pens were made out of gold. They're like three grand each pen. Kiss are paid for those, by the way. I did, you did, the American people did. Right, three grand per pen. Not even like a ballpoint pen, or like, you know, those old school, like 1800 pens. Oh, feather pens, yeah. Without the feather. But, uh, like, the fountain pen has, like, the, the weird tip. Yeah, the <laughs> tip in the ink, yeah. Yeah, we all got the tip on this one, guys. Uh, three grand for each one of those uh, bad boys. Uh, and everybody on her uh, squad were anti-Trump leftists, uh, socialists, uh, never once Trumpers, Trump people. And, uh, uh, you know, that's... Uh, Ironic in itself, right? Not really. Uh, but the, the presidential team, uh, for the Senate came out this week. And, uh, this is, this is funny because one of the, uh, star, uh, names on the list, and I see that as a pun, uh, is Ken Starr. Now, do you remember who Ken Starr is? Yeah, I hadn't heard his name in a while, but yeah. Okay, Kent Starr is, uh, you, you're gonna laugh at this. This is, remember, this is now the Republicans, uh, team. Not the Democrats, this is the Republicans, uh, for the legal team that's gonna oversee this. Kent Starr was the, the, the guy who led the investigation into the Bill Clinton impeachment, right? He was one of the, the people that was investigating that whole ordeal. There is uh, a, a very funny audio, and I didn't get to it in time before the show, but uh, you could YouTube this, where uh, Donald Trump is actually talking about Ken Starr. And uh, this is back years ago when they were talking about the whole Clinton impeachment. And uh, younger Trump, not a presidential candidate at this point, 
not even thinking about it. This is when he was just a regular dude. He was asked about the whole thing, and they asked asked him about Ken Starr, and he says uh, something along the lines that, oh, he's a complete mess and a disaster, and uh, I can't believe Ken Starr is involved. And he didn't have anything nice to say about Ken Starr. And here he is, he's going to be on the team for the senators of the impeachment trial, overseeing the, the president. Does that make any sense? Oh, hell no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, can we smell the setup? Well, then you can smell that setup about, you know, 20 miles away from that, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, I know people are not looking too into this uh, as, you know, what it is, but uh, both sides are looking a little bit like it's set up. We also have Alan Dershowitz, who was involved in the O.J. Simpson murder case. Not the civil case, the murder case. He's one of the lawyers for O.J. They got O.J. off. So, can you smell the setup? Now, on top of that, we have uh, Pat... Uh, Cipollone, uh, Jay, uh, Ciculo, uh, Ciculo, <laughs> Ciculo, uh, Ciculo. Uh, but uh, those are not really as important as Ken Starr and Alan Dershowitz. We have Jane Raskin, uh, Robert Ray, and somebody you might have heard of, uh, Brandon, because I know those are their names <sighs> over the head. Uh, but somebody you might have heard of from right here in Florida. Miss Pam Bondi is also on the list. Now, are you familiar with her at all? I've heard of her. Okay. Uh, she's actually the, I think, the most pro-Trump. And yeah, Pam Bondi is a woman. She was born, by the way, somebody playing hip-hop in the background. I don't know who it is, but it's outside. I can't do anything about that. Uh, but Pam Bondi is, uh, she's, um, a lobbyist, a politician, Republican. She served as the 37th uh, Florida Attorney General from 2011 to 2019. And uh, now she's part of, of the Senate group that's going to uh, oversee, uh, you know, the, the the impeachment in the Senate. Now, she's pro-Trump. There's no doubt about that. Probably the most on the list, even though the... The list is pretty uh, pro-Trump uh, on this side. The one I'm, I'm really, like, you know, laughing at is Kent Starr. Can he keep it bipartisan? Or does he re- remember uh, Trump kind of going at him a little uh, harsh during the Clinton era? What do you think? you think he's going to keep uh, keep those feelings aside and uh, vote the right I way? And... I don't think he will, but I, I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> Can it be fair and not be judgmental because of past things? Because let's be honest, a lot of this stuff uh, that's going on with Trump, a, a lot of it, and with a lot of these players, uh, are involving things that they're, they're kind of like jabbing at Trump because of things, uh, things that happened, you know, things that happened in the past. Like Jerry Nadler had an incident with Trump. I think it was in the nineties. And something happened where he lost business because of Trump and business that he had done. And they had a conflict uh, over something. And because of that, Jerry Nadler 
hates Donald Trump. That's why he is so into the whole impeachment thing, even though it looks like he's about to die in a minute now. He's really, like, he's staying alive just to try to, like, destroy Trump at this point. I think that's why Joey Nadler is there. Um, you have Adam Schiff, uh, or Shifty Schiff, uh, who's all over this because he's part of the Hillary Obama train. Uh, and of course Obama hates Trump because the whole birther issue and uh, how Trump went at him. Uh, you know, the, the, the alphabet people in Hollywood hate Trump because he went at Rosie O'Donnell. Remember that? Yep. And, and Rosie and our buddies. So guess what happens? Uh, she has a big pool in Hollywood because there's a lot of alphabet people in Hollywood. Dave Chappelle even pointed that out, and other people have pointed that out. And it's clear to see. I mean, Tinseltown. Hello? It's Tinseltown. What do you expect? Bunch of menly, 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 men. No, it, it is what it is. So you have a lot of people who hate Trump for personal reasons. And, uh, you know, if it, it, Ken Starr being on there, that's, that's funny to me. And... Uh, the president's legal team, uh, who will defend him is now listed and fully known. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, though, was missing from the list and probably will testify, though, because, you know, there's a big old thing coming up now where, uh, one of the uh, guys that was working in digging up dirt, uh, with Rudy Giuliani, uh, about what happened in 2016 in, in Ukraine, uh, came forward saying that well, yeah, no, Trump knew what was going on. He was fully aware of this and that. Uh, Liv Parnes is the, uh, the person's name. Though, you know, the, the funny thing here is Liv is in prison, facing, he's facing a long jail sentence. He, uh, is a person who's been caught lying several times. He's flip-flopped several times. While he did meet the president and took a couple pictures with him at, uh, fundraiser events. Uh, by the way, that's nothing new. The president takes hundreds of pictures with people at fundraiser events. Doesn't mean he's friends with everybody. I've got pictures with people that I'm not friends with just because I'm in an event or a party and they're there and we take a picture together. Hey, good times. Okay. Then I never see that person again. That's happened to me. And when you're a billionaire and then the president, it's going to happen more and more. Now, this person was at these events. Because he was, a, he was a contributor to the Republican Party, and uh, he was there because also he was working with Rudy Giuliani, digging up dirt. And they want to throw shade and say that Rudy Giuliani now is, you know, a mobster. Remember, this is a guy who for years the media loved because of the work he did in New York, right? Now all of a sudden he's a mobster who's working with another mobster in Trump and the mob this mob. And now all of a sudden live, uh, uh, Neves, or whatever his name is, uh, Parnev, uh, who's in prison and is an actual, uh, shady character. Now all of a sudden he's like the golden boy for the left. Now they're praising him, even though he was ridiculed, mocked, and vilified when he was, uh, out of prison working with Rudy. Now they, they flip-flopped it. Now they love the guy because he's coming out and he did an interview with Rachel Madcow. Talking about, uh, about how the president knew all this stuff and of course he knew he was in the loop. And then she asks, uh, did you hear him personally? Well, no, I, I didn't ever, 
I never heard him personally say anything, but I heard it uh, over a phone call that Rudy had with him. Uh, you could hear Rudy talking about, you know, talking to the president. And, and from what I gathered, you know, it sounded like he knew everything. Goes back to the hearings. Assumptions, secondhand uh, misinformation. And this is from a person who's trying to cop a easier sentence, who's facing decades in prison for lying and making shit up. Now, going back to Rudy Giuliani, I'm not shocked that he is missing from the list here because, again, Rudy Giuliani might have to testify in the uh, Senate uh, trial here. But on top of that, you know, he's the lawyer, the personal lawyer for Trump. Now, what's a lawyer's job, Brandon? I know you know the answer to this. What's a lawyer to do when he's told by his client that, you know, we need to investigate some? What does he do? He has to investigate it. Correct. Good answer. He has to investigate it. How do you do that? He's got to ask questions. Correct. And what's one way of doing that? couple ways, making phone calls, going to the people directly that he needs to question. Correct. All things lawyers do, including doing what? Digging up information from all sources to connect dots and see what is going on. And sometimes, a lot of times, most of the times, lawyers use other people that are connected to uh, shady individuals, let's just say, or people that they think can lead them into the direction that they're trying to go to, to figure out what's happening. Uh, This left Parna's uh, individual is a guy that Rudy had encountered, and uh, he was contributing to the Republican Party. They they spoke. Uh, He used them uh, as digging up Dirt, basically, on what happened in Ukraine, uh, along with other players who was uh, digging up dirt to connect dots. Rudy came up with a lot of information that connects everything back to Biden, Obama, Clinton, Pelosi, money exchanged by Ukraine and China to these people illegally. That's what they're hiding, guys, because they're all in on this. And it goes to Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. Now, for easy example, you could do easy math on this. Nancy Pelosi's been in in, uh, her position off and on for about 30 years, right? She makes a good about 100 grand a year, 130 grand a year. She's got uh, close to like half a billion dollars in the bank. The math doesn't add up, okay? How does she make all this money? That's her net worth. Nobody talks about her taxes. Nobody talks about Adam Schiff and the fact that he's connected to the whistleblower. That he almost gave up the name of the whistleblower because Colonel Alexander Vindeman, during the hearings, was about to say the name of the whistleblower, Eric uh, Cinderella, or whatever his real name is. 
And then there is supposedly a second whistleblower, which nobody talks about now. He's gone with the wind. Now this, you know, it's funny because, you know, this has to be the worst. Like, this is, at this point, it's a comedy show, more than anything else. This has got to be the worst impeachment ever. Now, remember, we've only gone through this a handful of times. Nixon, Clinton, now this one. I think there's one more because this is like the third or fourth impeachment in the history of the country. And, you know, we're, as a country, this is divided more than anything else. And what's going to happen here is, you know, we're in the Senate now. Uh, at the end of the month, by the end of the month, they're going to have the, the final decision whether this is going to continue or not continue to trial. I think they're going to wrap this up pretty quick. It's a, a big nothing. There's nothing there. There's no high crimes, no misdemeanors. Uh, there's no crime committed by the president to begin with. He sets policy, not a Russian person named Alexander Vindeman. Not Nancy Pelosi. The president says policy. The president says, hey, uh, you know, do us a favor. Look into corruption from the previous administration in your country because that shit was out of hand, baby. And you got to really, like, you know, live up to what you ran on. Guess what? He's the commander in chief. It's his policy. And what's funny is, you know, they asked uh, Trump when he ran for president, uh, you know, if you lose, Will you give up and concede the president uh, to the president-elect if it's Hillary Clinton? Will you concede that she won? And he said, well, well when we get there, you know, we'll, we'll think about it. When we get there, we'll decide. And his, you know, reasoning for that was when all the votes are counted and everything is done and we know that it's a legal election or not a rigged one, we'll concede, which is the logical thing to do. You don't want to concede when you might have won the thing, and it's rigged. The funny thing is, it looks like it was rigged against him, and he still beat Hillary. That in itself is comedy gold. So you rig the election, and you still lose. That's the the, the person who won against him in 2016. We're now in 2020, and uh, we're, we're only a few months away, and they hate him so much, they cannot wait for the election. They want to get him out of there now. Why? As our good friend, uh, Brother Al Green said, a congressman, if we don't impeach this president, he is going to win re-election. And he will be re-elected. Guys, that's the end of the show for the evening. That's Inside the Jackal's Head. Uh, again, thank you for uh, joining us live. If you guys want to check out the podcast and download it, it's free on uh, angelespino.com or thejackal.com please go over there and check it out uh, thank you Brandon for being on time and uh, being here and uh, giving us your two pennies and uh, thought on uh, some of these stories we went over tonight uh, we're going to be back next week with more show uh, hopefully uh, it will be uh, more entertaining stuff plus uh, the uh, the senate inquiries and uh, the trial uh, continues so we have a lot more coming out from that Please tune back in next week. Stay around on PSN Radio and Showflow Radio and all the uh, networks affiliated with us. Shout-outs to our Patreon, Kaiser, uh, who uh, was with us last show, and he's a good buddy, and uh, he has big news coming up. Uh, look out for that coming up uh, real soon. And uh, shout-outs to him. And uh, Brandon, any last thoughts uh, that you want to say before we go off the air? 
Hey, just want to say thanks for having me. It was a great show. I'm looking forward to coming back. Uh, hopefully next week we'll, we'll be good to go on that. Um, and I uh, just wanted to say, hey, let's let's see what happens to uh, Mr. Trump in this uh, next election. I I think they need to get over this crap, man, this whole Russian thing, this whole impeachment thing. Let's Let's just move on. Amen to that. Guys, we'll be back next week. Till then, peace. Thank you.